Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, the show that will not only help you survive, but thrive in your first year. Tonight, the show is all about what to expect in your first year fears and phobias. We have got a good one for you. Let me go ahead and bring on my co-host, Russ Morgan. If I can get the, to come on here and go. All right, Russ, how are you doing tonight? It does. Uh, I'm vertical. Yeah, it does help to hit the right button, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah this is going to be definitely you know. interesting. So, um, of course... Um, uh, we also have a, a guest with us tonight, uh, Stephen, who is um, uh, fairly new to uh, the trucking industry, and uh, uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, some of his fears and phobias. Stephen, you there? Hey, I'm here, guys. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Doing good. Um, I appreciate you having me on the on the podcast tonight, you know, I'm, I guess I have survived a, a little over a year over the road. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've done, I've done pretty good, but you know, I think in the last year, maybe, you know, there were some things I could have done better. Maybe, um, you know, you can give me some insight of how, you know, I could have overcome some of these fears and phobias or just, uh, working, uh, different angles. Um, as a company driver in your first year, I mean, it's a lot of stuff to learn. So, but yeah, if you can help me, I'd greatly appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so what were some of your, uh, um, issues at first, uh, that you ran into? I can talk about some of mine, but, um, uh, since you're here, you, you can go, you're welcome to go ahead. Well, I mean, I had, um, you know, I guess had some experience, but it was mostly local work, day cab work, and, um, you know, you start talking to folks, um, whether it's on a Facebook page or the CB radio or the truck stop, and, you know, everybody's got their own opinion of things, but, you know, you get into a sleeping truck, you got a different uh, wheelbase, um, they say, oh, my God, well, you know, don't ever go to the Northeast, don't go here, don't go there. And uh, it's going to be uh, tight backing, and um, you know it's like you you get your 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 assignments or your you know your dispatch gives you your loads, and um, I mean where do you park? Uh, you know I'm not going to be able to shut down until nine o'clock at night, and um, you know I guess one of my biggest fears was is uh, them running me off into the northeast, and you you hear that those docks are really tight. They're really small. They're really not designed for the, the rigs and tractors that we have now. Um, and, you know, I guess that was one of my biggest fears. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, uh, well, I still don't run to the Northeast. Uh, I, I'm allergic to New York, New Jersey. I can keep going. But, um, yeah, you know, and I was kind of the same way at first. Um, you know, I hated going up there. And I kind of learned the hard way um, to, um, 
be a solar powered truck. Uh, in other words, I would you know get up and start working at about 4 a.m. And if I had to park somewhere up in that northeast, um, I was in the truck stop by five o'clock. You know that way I had a uh, um, a place to park. And uh, yeah, some of the docks up there, you're right. Um, you know, I've loaded off the streets up there. I've, you know, I've uh, uh, one customer comes to mind. I can't think of the name of the customer, but. Uh, you know, I'm following the directions to get there, and I'm looking at this corner going, yeah, you're kidding, right? Um, I mean, I made a car back up. I slid my tandems uh, all the way forward and still got up on the curbs, you know, going around these corners uh, for load. So, you know, uh, you know, now with uh, reserve parking, um, if I had to run – uh, in that area again, which thankfully I don't, um, that's exactly what I would do. Um, you know, it's pay to park, and I know people scream about paying to park, but, you know, it's uh, it's a tax write-off, and it's a guaranteed parking spot. You know, if I have to run to 10, 11, midnight, whatever it is, to, uh, to make the customer happy, um, you know, I've got a place to park. So, and that's, you know, extremely important. Yeah, I thought about the reserved reserved parking. I'm not gonna lie, but it started out great. You know, the first month. I mean, I had miles. I think my first week out, uh, I blew my 70 right out the water, and I was trying to just be exactly what I needed to be. You know, you got a new employer, you got a new relationship being built. In my circumstance, I had multiple people that I was talking to. So you would call in and talk to one person. The next time, somebody else is calling you. And I really never got on a really good, you know, one-on-one basis with any one dispatcher. But that's what I was trying to strive to do is try to please the people that were managing me. And, um, you know, but the further along we got into the relationship, I guess the less miles I started getting. So as far as paying for reserve parking, you know, it's like, you know, I had blew through a little bit of savings that I had just offsetting the difference of the lack of miles and pay, you know, versus the, you know, I guess the bills that I had. And, um, I mean, there's a lot more to be said um, in that intro as far as managing your money. Um, you got to be... I guess, ready and willing to say, look, I really want to give trucking a go. If there's any way possible to kind of just, um, I guess, eliminate some of those bills, uh, have a little bit of pocket change uh, to where you don't feel so much stress. Um, You know, whenever we were talking about going in there, you know, being a solar-powered truck, Again, I had that mentality, you know, my first 90 days, I wanted to fly under the radar. I didn't want to have to call in. I didn't want any late appointments. But, you know, right out the gate, I was not used to sleeping in a truck with all the extra noise going uh, on, trucks driving in, air brakes going off, people having a conversation next to the sleeper of the truck. So, yeah, I had a couple of late deliveries because I couldn't sleep. But I think that was just... Uh, I guess that was the first um, 
two to three weeks, um, I had rolled from nights to days, days to nights, because I let my dispatcher know, hey, this is when I'm going to be here. This is when I'm ready for my next load. And, you know, for example, I'll say it was a day and a half run. I would run that day and a half, and I've started my 14 hours. I'm waiting for a load to drop that afternoon, and I sit up all night, you know, all that whole time. My next load assignment comes in, and it's like, well, you know, you got to get rolling at 2 a.m. And it slowly started rolling me in and out of days and nights. Um, and it's, that, that whooped my butt. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That, go ahead. I don't know what, what what the solution is because I didn't want to turn down loads, and I don't know how many of the the, the listeners have ever experienced being tired uh, at daybreak. But good God, um, that like thirty minute window is tough. Um, oh, yeah. Whenever the sun starts coming up, so. I mean, there was a lot of challenges, especially that first month. I mean, I mean, what what do you do? Do you turn down the load and potentially put a bad mark against your name and say, look, you know, I've been up all day. I've been waiting for this load. You haven't given it to me. I just don't. Right. I mean, well, well I'll give you my opinion on that because, uh, it, you know, uh, at first I experienced uh, some, some similar stuff like that. And... Um, if I had, uh, you know, even say I delivered my load, uh, you know, the night before and then uh, told them I was available at 6 a.m. or what have you, and then, of course, been up, been ready to go, still haven't got a load, still haven't got a load, I've been up all day. Um, you know, and now, you know, let's, you said 2 a.m., you know, or, uh, you know, even if it's, you know, like 7 p.m. or whatever, um, and they want me to run that load, I, you know, if I could go pick it up and go to bed or something like that and maybe deliver it the next day, okay. But if I can't do that, uh, now I'm going to be on the phone with them going, hey, guys, look, you know what? Uh, told you I was going to be ready at 6 a.m. I've been up, sitting here in the seat, ready, or, you know, up, ready to go. And now uh, you all want me to run all night. I've been up all day. I haven't been to bed. So... Um, you know, I, I had heard, well, we, we need this load there. We, you know, we need it moved. We need it there. And um, I'd say, well, you know, I cannot drive all night. Uh, legally, according to DOT, I can't. But physically, it's not going to happen. Um, number one, I don't do extremely well on night, long night runs anyway. Uh, little short stuff, and I'm in and out of the truck and what have you, I've never had a problem with. I mean, if I can run 40, 50 miles, get out, do some stuff, you know, run 20, 30 miles, get out, do stuff, I'm fine at night. But if I got to get sit there and ride, sorry, not happening. So, I, you know, I would actually got to where I told them, I said, look, you know, I, I, you know, I can't do this load. And if I got any crap from them, I'd say, you know, well, let's see what safety says about it. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to put a black mark on my record. I'm not trying to be a pain in the butt. But I'm telling you, um, I don't feel... Physically safe enough to run the sloop. Um, that you know, uh, with a decent company, that should not black mark your record. Because um, you know, I haven't seen a load yet out here that's worth hurting uh, 
myself or God forbid somebody else, which is to my, you know to me is even worse. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sit down on the phone, with, you know, and we're gonna have a conversation. And you know, and if I see any repercussions from that, where I'm you know not getting afraid, not getting afraid, I'm gonna go in and, and well, let's sit down and talk. Um, you know, because I would much rather be uh, safe than uh, you know than sorry. That's kind of how I felt. I felt like I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, and I started really reaching out. I did. I started reaching out, and every other, you know, any time that I had, well, obviously I started having a lot of free time. You know, um, I had some issues. That's not good. Uh, with, I had, well, I mean, I started having issues with, yeah, if you're not rolling, I mean, uh, and you're not loaded, you're not making money, so. But I, I started having all this downtime, and it was, oh, it's a soft freight area. Well, all these areas that I was going to, there was a lot of fellow company drivers there. So either I was trying to talk to folks on Facebook um, privately and messaging, getting a phone number, knocking on a door, and just asking questions, uh, opening the questions on how to better my relationship with the people that, uh, I guess, are in control of my, my destiny. And, you know, I remember one night I shot in a load and um, got to the terminal, shut down, went inside. It's snowing. It's butt, butt off. It's cold. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get a hot shower. It's been a hard week. I'm going to chill out. Well, I wound up eating, and I, I got into a decent conversation. I'm off duty. Um, and so, you know, later that night uh, I head back to the truck, and I got a Qualcomm message saying, hey, um, we see that you have hours, you know, uh, can you go recover this load? And I was, the first thing that I felt was that, I don't know, that shock, like, oh crap, I wasn't here guarding my post or taking care of business. Um, I felt maybe I had let the team down. Um, so, you know, I immediately, you know, shot a Qualcomm message back. Um, I had obviously ate away that, that um, 14 hours of service that I could use, I didn't know whether I would be able to make it there and find somewhere to park. But I called in anyway, and I apologized. I explained what I was doing. But, you know, I just wanted to do right. I just wanted to do what was what was best. Um, and I wanted to get miles. I wanted to get paid. But in the back of my mind, I just kind of kept, getting worse and worse and it's like well the freight's soft it's a bad time of year um and in my mind just from talking to fellow drivers and my dad's driven a truck all my life now he was a company driver doing something totally different but as far as bumping all different kinds of dogs um and with a common carrier he was a dedicated company man so it's a little different but you know even he was saying look you're right in the middle of some freight I mean, there should be no problem getting freight. And, you know, that just started eating away at my confidence. What have I done wrong? And I would ask. I would ask, you know, these questions. What can I do better? Um, how can I maximize my miles and my paycheck? Um, you know, I was safe. Like that. I was legal. I had my fuel mileage right. I was doing everything that I needed to do. And I just asked them. You know, what 
have I been put on the naughty list? So, you know, help me out. You tell me what I need to do so I can help you out. But I felt at that moment, you know, I wasn't there. I couldn't do, you know, somebody a favor to go recover a load, and I got put on the bad list. Yeah, no, yeah, actually you didn't. So let me uh, – I can't speak for all big companies. I can speak for 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 here from what I, from what I know from big big the big carriers. Um, when they send that message out, they'll they'll find all the trucks that are down around there that have hours, and they'll send that message to all those trucks, hoping they can get somebody to come and uh, recover a load and uh, what have you. So it, uh, were you? Uh, I don't I don't know exactly where you're at. I don't remember if you said where you're at, but uh, anyway. Um, you know, so I'm assuming there was probably 10 or 15 trucks around there, maybe 30, who knows, uh, you know, that they uh, blasted that message to. So, of course, they failed to tell you that, that I'm sure that they sent that to several drivers. Uh, well, at that time, you know, I, I, was, I was new, man. I, I really don't – I didn't know how mega common carriers really worked. I knew that I, – I know that I'm a cheap driver in a seat. Okay, and in some ways, I needed to do my time, and I know that I need to make a solid year out of this. And I, in in some cases, I thought that there might be more incentive for them to run me because it doesn't cost as much to run me, you know. I, so I thought maybe they were reaching out to me, and I, I mean, like you say, I, I didn't I didn't know that they broadcast all that stuff to all the drivers and was able to recover it, but I was looking at any straw or any um, say any failure on my part as to why I wasn't getting miles. Uh, so, I, I, I guess I, I was thinking too much. Yeah, 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 over, yeah, overthinking. Um, now, I, there's um, you know, you said um, um, said something about soft rate. Um, you know, I, I do see soft rate. Looking at these load boards and stuff like that, I do see soft rate. Um, you know, it, uh, but I really only see the freight soft around the holidays. Um, you know, is the main time where you know the load board gets weird. Every now and then, something weird will happen, and. You know, and the freight's kind of weird. Freight's soft. There's not, you know, I'm having to deadhead farther than I normally do. You know, normally I don't have to deadhead, but, you know, 50 miles or less, a lot of times it's a lot less than 50 miles to pick up my next load. <laughs> so, yeah, I have looked at the load board and, and seen that, yeah, there's not a lot of freight. And then usually around here it's between uh, mid-January and maybe uh, mid-March, something like that. Freight's not doesn't seem to be quite as busy, but uh, like I said, the rest of the time it's it seems to be spotty. Now there is a couple of areas of the country where I uh, I know if I get in if I get over around uh, uh, what I consider the, the kind of the huge Cleveland area over there, and if I get there late on a Friday, I may have to deadhead a ways to get a decent paying load. Uh, there's usually freight around there, but uh, it's at a rate per mile that I won't pick up. Um, so, like I said, it does happen in certain areas, but like I said, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to happen a whole lot. 
now looking back, I mean, I, I started in February, okay, and you know, like I said, the first month was pretty decent, and then you know, um, I was able to hit my all my criteria that they were judging me on, and was able to receive that you know retention bonus, you know, payout, and I was constantly, constantly watching, you know, every little thing I did. But, you know, at that time, I was in the Chicago metro area. And after that conversation, no lie, you know, it's like, well, you know, your your dispatcher's not, not available. Well, well, we'll have to, you know, talk to the folks and see what kind of loads they are. Just hang tight. And I, the more I waited, the more agitated I got because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I, I just got this paycheck how long am I going to have to hang on to it? You know, if you're stuck at a truck stop, you know, it's like there's only so much that you could do. You know, you starting out in my situation, it was an ice chest. Um, you couldn't run, you know, um, some of the common amenities that some other trucks have, you know. Don't I, no inverters, I microwaves, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they, they were telling me that I couldn't run but a 100-watt uh, inverter. <clears throat> and that, it's plugged into a cigarette lighter. So you're extremely limited. And, I mean, there's only so many dollar hot dogs you want to eat, you know. But um, anyway, but I was in the Chicago area, and my next load hit. And I'm not going to lie, I, I, it takes a lot to piss me off. But um, whenever I started feeling like you're messing with my money and my ability to take care of my family, because uh, I am a family man, I had to really just... Uh, take a moment and think. I really needed some folks to talk to because my next load was a 300-mile run, and I had three days to get it there. Um, that's a lot of time to think. That's really a lot of time to think. And um, right. so the next available time that I came through that I could talk to my dispatcher, I went there. And, of course, you know, I couldn't talk to my dispatcher. I had to talk to somebody else. Um, and talking to them, it's like, oh, well, we're working on this, we're working on that. And come to find out, the person that was responsible for me wasn't necessarily doing 100% of the work. It was another person that was doing it. And then, like, two weeks after that conversation, I find out I've got a brand new in-training dispatcher. Uh, oh, so well, it just seemed like, yeah, it seemed like I was getting... You know, the cards were getting stacked against me, and I, I just really wanted to say, look, give me somebody else. Let me have a, at least one good week. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you give me a 300-mile run, three days to get there, I get paid by the mile. You know, I've already hit two shippers, and these loads that you, you, you gave me don't don't ship out today. The next one doesn't ship out until next week. And they were uh, – one lady was just gracious enough stick her neck out and say, look, I recognize those numbers, I recognize that load because I just talked to your people. And, yeah, that load doesn't go until next week. So, right, I, mean, I got my dog wants to be on the phone here. Go ahead. Well, that's kind of what I felt like. I felt like barking, oh, what tree do I bark up? You know, um, I mean, and I did. I did get some folks, you know, to kind of ask some questions for me instead of myself. And they found out that there were loads there. 
Wait, what, 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 what do you do? Right. Well, I would have done exactly what you did. Uh, I would have gone in there and um, tried to talk to my dispatch and, um, you know, seeing what they had to say about it. And if the problem still didn't fix up, now it's time to get the dispatch and the dispatcher's boss involved and keep slowly going up the chain, um, you know, until you get uh, some satisfaction. Um you know, I ended up, uh, well, Becky and I ended up changing dispatchers one time, and uh, the guy was fine. I mean, we were, you know, we were teaming, we were running good miles, uh, and what have you, but I need somebody to talk to that has a personality. Uh, he was literally like talking to the brick wall. Um, you know, I'd call in, crack a joke or something like that, and I, I, I mean, it was... I said just extremely dry, no, zero sense of humor and what have you. But, I mean, everything else was fine. So, like I said, we had another guy there that we used to uh, talk to quite a bit, and we ended up switching to him just because, uh, like I said, it, uh, as a matter of fact, we all went in there, uh, that, that current dispatcher, uh, the guy, we, um, well, I think it was and his boss, we all went in there and sat down and, and had a little talk about it. You know, I said, look, I said, I said, the guy's doing nothing wrong. I said, I think we just have um, personality conflict. I'm not even sure that's the right word. You know, I just didn't like talking to the man. Um, And I didn't like talking to the man either. You know, they were pretty decent to talk to, except for one one guy that I would call at night. And I mean. And they were they were always you know respectful and I've, I I mean it sounds like I'm you know ranting and going crazy but it kind of got stressful because of money you know I know that money is the root of all evil but I mean whenever you have a certain expectation of income and you talk to your your recruiter and you're like okay well are you going to be local are you going to be regional are you going to be over the road coast to coast you know what position are you interested in? So I said, well, send me anywhere besides, you know, California, Colorado, or anything like that, or the Northeast. You know, send me out to Texas, Florida, whatever. I didn't know everything that there is to know about freight and how things move. I had just heard, hey, they're going to inspect you. You're going to get DOT'd all the time going to California, Colorado, Wyoming, all that stuff gets rough. And the Northeast, it's it's tight, a lot of traffic jams and stuff like that. So keep me off of the, the Washington, D.C., Maryland, up there to the New England states. And sure enough, you know, I had that conversation with my dispatcher because I got a load. And that load was, okay, well, yesterday there's no loads because I can't send you more than 100 miles. Today... You're having me deadhead over 100 miles to get a load in Delaware, run it up to New Jersey, and I was thinking, oh, hell, I'm never going to get out. I'm going to be stuck in the northeastern states. That was just, uh, I mean, I really didn't feel good about it because I'd never been there, never done that. Right, yeah. yeah. New Jersey can be fun. New Jersey, New York, all that up there. Yeah, and you're right, traffic sucks. That's that's exactly why I don't go up there. Traffic sucks. And the, uh, 
you know, and the roads are as wide as your thumb, you know, once you get off the main roads. Uh, you know, they seem to be a little bit – now, in, you know, the outskirts of New Jersey uh, – the um, you know, as long as you're not around Jersey City, as long as you're not around the big city there, um, it's not too bad to deliver in New Jersey. I still don't like going over there because of the traffic, personally. But it it didn't turn out that bad, to be honest. But my thoughts were, I get paid by the mile. If I'm stuck in traffic jams, I'm not rolling. I'm not making money. I mean, I put a lot of hurry the hell up. You know, uh, am I going to run 50 miles an hour in a 40? Five mile an hour zone or forty mile an hour zone, um, you know. Oh, I can beat that light. Um, you know, just different things like that. It, it really changes your mindset of constantly go. If I'm not going, I'm not getting anything done. And it, it didn't turn out that bad. I mean, going around Annapolis and getting off into um, uh, Delaware. It was actually beautiful. I had to change my mindset and just soak up the scenery. Um, I wound up, you know, running later in the afternoon uh, up into New Jersey, and it didn't turn out that bad. Um, but uh, that was a fear and a phobia, and it's almost like like um, a level of trust had been broken. You know, my recruiter had said, hey, this is what you're doing. I talked to the head dispatcher over everybody, everything's agreeable. We're going to put you in the computer system as this type of driver. Yep, we've got all the notes in there. This is where we're going to run you. And then now I'm talking to somebody totally different, and here comes some new, new, a new game plan. It, it was a little right. frazzled. Yeah, well, frazzled, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and I, you know, I've heard everybody say this, and I, you know, that recruit, recruiters lie. <laughs> um, you know, you can't. Um, uh, you know, I, now this is personal opinion, but um, you know, I tell anybody that's looking to go like to a new company, uh, <clears throat> listen to about half of what the recruiter says. You know what? If you want the real information, <clears throat> go find a, you know, go find another driver. That's in one of the truck stops. Buy them all, sit down, get their opinion. But don't do it with just one driver because you may get one that's had a bad day, a bad week, a bad whatever, and really not happy with the company. You know, so I would suggest doing, definitely doing that with a few drivers. Um, but yeah, you know, st- you know, in trucking stuff like that happens. I mean, yeah, you're going to get sent to where you don't want to go. Um, you know, and not much we can do about it. You know, I mean, if you're a company guy, uh, you know, usually you cannot refuse loads. So that will get you put on the bad list, um, you know, refusing loads or, you know, or terminated. Um, you know, but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you. definitely if you, have, if you can go and sit down and, you know, keep going up the, keep going up the chain and figure out, okay, why am I not getting uh, the miles? Why are y'all sending me constantly on these loads that, you know, go 300 miles in three days? You know, I got you know, I sit down and, you know, politely explain your, uh, what, hey, what's going on. I, you know what? I can't feed a family on this. You know, nobody can feed a family on this. 
but go in there, sit down, and you know, politely talk to them, and you know, see if there's a problem. See if um, you know, maybe you know, you and your dispatcher, or you said you had a new one, you know, are not getting along. Maybe they're changing something, some settings in the computer, you know, because these big companies are all computer dispatched. You know, uh, the computer, lo- the computer is supposed to look. Go, okay, this truck's available. Um, it's got. Uh, He's got this many hours to run, yada, yada, yada. You know, it looks at all this information, and it sends that load out to uh, your dispatcher. All your dispatcher should have to do is approve it, and then it should come to the truck. That's what they were telling me in a way. And, I mean, like I say, everybody was easy to to get along with, especially face-to-face. And the new girl that started dispatching my loads, um, she actually started doing – Pretty good. Um, and I don't have anything against a new person. It was just in lieu of that, whoever was supposed to be watching that computer um, and figuring things out, when am I supposed to be home, when am I coming back out, I'm thinking, hell, you know, this trucking industry has been around forever. We all know what we're supposed to do. So, you you know, the, the freight is soft. I know the freight's got to get moved, but... You think about that before you go there. Before you sent me there, we we know uh, we need to be getting a load out. What's the game plan? That's kind of how I felt. You you are my handler. You're here to to help me, you know, be successful. And that was really the only struggle that I had is just understanding the system and how to make it work the best that it could. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. Um, it got to the point, and I, I'm a this this fellow had the badging, and I started learning more about the badging on the trucks. And I think he had two or three million safe miles. Talked to him, and he said, "Look, if you got issues and you start sitting there for an hour and you don't, or they haven't called you and let you know that you got a load, you call them. And then if they don't get back to you whenever they say they are, or you get an event another thirty minutes to an hour, you call them again." He said, "That is their job." He said, and don't worry about the fact that you're bugging them or pestering them because if you're not moving, you're not making money, and the company's not making money. And, I mean, it made me feel better that that guy took time out of his day to talk to me. And, you know, he said, look, you know, I don't know what kind of phone you've got, but whenever you start putting stuff in the computer system or they're sending you messages, take a picture of it. And then that way you know what happened when because, you know, you can write anything down. You can make up your own stories. But if you you put it in a Qualcomm message, then you've got something to lean on. Um, Oh, exactly. Exactly. I I did that in one one scenario. And I started out my day, and I had got rid of uh, an empty trailer. So it was, you know, one in, one out. But I'm going home. So whenever I come out at home, I need an empty to go in. You know, these specific notes say no bobtails are allowed in. So it, the, the loads were set up in that manner. But it's, it said, okay, we'll drop this off, and this is where you're going to go get an empty. Um, I, I think it said pick, uh, drop, drop empty, pick up loaded. So I didn't, I didn't have a location to go pick up an empty since I'm Bobtail. So I initiated a conversation in advance through the Qualcomm saying, look, you know, 
just checking in with y'all. I need to know where I need to pick up an empty, you know, so I can do my trip planning. And it says no bobtails are allowed unless there's prior authorization. Well, they said, oh, no, it's fine. You know, run on in. Everything's good. Well, I get there, and they don't know anything about me bobtailing in. So I immediately, you know, I knew that there might be issues. So I went off duty as soon as I, I hit the the line and I started talking to them. And I got on the phone, and it was, well, we'll get back to you. I'm waiting for a call call message. Wait, hurry up, wait, <clears throat> and then call them back, and then there's nothing. So uh, eventually it was like, okay, well, we can get you an empty, but you have to drive an hour and a half one way to go get it. And I told the lady, wow. I said, well, yeah, this is at night now. I had got there that, uh, that afternoon, and my logic, getting the most bang for the buck or the most miles, is I have wasted my whole day. I have made no money the first day out. I've already been here for, I think it was like six hours, trying to resolve this issue. I said, well, ma'am, if I start now, I'm going to mess up my hours. I said, I've already got six hours on a break. If I do four more hours, I'll have a 10-hour break. I can still run the load if I do my 10-hour break, go get this trailer, come back, and, you know, do something else. You know, the other alternative was is break up my my, my off-duty time or off-duty status, go get this empty, and come back. Then I wouldn't have the hours to run. I'd have to shut down. So it was, I was struggling with what works. So in my mind, I was thinking, you know, look, I'm I'm fresh. I'm rested. It's my first day out. Let's do that. I'd already been up all day, and then off duty. I think I wound up sleeping four hours, five hours. Run got the empty, came back, dropped and hooked, and I've got a dead tire on the trailer. So, you know, we get that fixed. I'm able to run the load, but it's late. Well, that was my first experience of keeping track of late loads and documentation. I had to prove that the load was late and it wasn't my fault because it showed up on, you know, those those little criteria that we were graded upon to be able to get your bonus. And right. So, I wind up flipping the nights, running nights. I talked to the the, you know, the fellow that was new uh that I was having some issues with. And he's like, "Look, we need to get you back on dates." You need to start setting setting your your uh, your whenever you call in and let us know that you're ready for the next load. You need to tell us you're not ready until say four o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, whatever your start time is, and let's get get you on days. So I started doing that. Well, I wasn't getting miles, so I called in. And the guy said, "Well, why are you telling us that you can't get a load until the next day?" I said, "Well, I only had you know say two two and a half hours left." Where are you going to put me? Where am I going to get able to park and shut down? You know, and, and I, you know, I was told to stay on, on days. He said, well, you're not going to make any money like that. You need to let us know exactly when you're available for your next load, how many hours you got, and you're going to have to run it. So I started doing that. So it's kind of like I got a little bit of a runaround, depending on who I talked to. Um, but, I mean... 
Right. Yeah. Pressured, pressured to just just stay wide open. You know, let me stay wide open. Yeah, well, wide, wide open can be, uh, you know, uh, swapping back and forth between days and nights and days and nights is not good. I, I hate swapping the nights. I mean, I've had to, you know, I've had to do it. I've had to go home for certain situations and, you know, loads get changed, stuff like that that I book. And now, all of a sudden, if I'm going to get home and um, take care of my business that I've got to get, you know, take care of, I I don't have a choice but to run nights. But that's about the only time that, that I'd run nights. Because, um, yeah, I, I kind of went through the same situation you did. I, I got um, I got kind of swapped around where I was running. I wasn't completely running nights, but <laughs> I was running a whole lot later than I wanted to. I mean, I was running to, um, you know, maybe to midnight and stuff like that, which, you know, which I don't like doing. And uh, but I did the same thing that that guy told you to do. I was like, you know, I'd get done with the load, I'd go find a place to park, and I tell him I wasn't ready until whatever time in the morning, so I, you know, to get back on day shift. Um, and yeah, I mean, you definitely need to stay on top of um, your, you know, when you're gonna uh, when you're gonna deliver, when you're gonna be able to pick up. Uh, when you're going to be uh, available to pull your next load, uh, all that information, because you know, because the computer goes off that information, um, and now and not that dispatch can't go in there and screw with a few things, um, you know. And if they do, then you know you need to go in there and you could. It may take you a while to figure out that they're doing that, but you know, then it's time to go sit down with them or them with their boss or uh, keep keep climbing the. Uh, uh, you know the ladder till you get uh, satisfaction. You know, and earlier you said uh, we were talking about that um, um, the load that came to your Qualcomm in the uh, uh, in the Chicago area. Uh, I tell you what, Becky and I have done. Uh, we've we've actually gone and uh, recuperate uh, recovered some of those loads before. But before we did that, we would call in. Um, I'd say, look, all right, I'll go get this load for you, but I said, I need it backed up behind a good load. I need, you know, uh, we were getting paid about a mile. I said, I want a good, long load with um, good, you know, with good delivery time, something I'm not going to sit on. I need something that I can run and make some money with. And I would sit there and negotiate with them before I went and got that load for them. So that doing that used to work out uh, quite well um, if I go recover a load. You know, okay, hey, yeah, I'll go get this for you and uh, help you out, kind of <clears throat> run out of my comfort zone a little bit, but what are you going to do for me? Uh, I mean, I was a little a lot politer about that, but, you know, I, you know, can uh, can you back this up with a good load? As a matter of fact, I've seen messages come across um, you know, when we were doing our team stuff, um, uh, they actually uh, was trying to negotiate with us to go do that, but going, look, hey, we'll give you a killer coast-to-coast load um, if you'll go recover this load and help us out now. So, uh, you know, and that always worked well as far as, you know, getting our miles up and um, and what have you. You know, a little bit of negotiation, you know, doesn't hurt. Not at all, even though you're a company driver, Hey, okay, you know, you need some help? Help me too. I'll tell you, there's a, there's a lot 
a lot going on whenever you first start out. I mean, I don't know if any of these issues other other folks have run into or if we've got folks on the line for questions or have they been in the same situation, but I'm I'm just sharing some of the stuff that I went through. Maybe I'll have let a question. Folks yeah, he's he's uh, letting me know that someone's backing in a little too close over there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I swapped to Geico. It'll be all right. So, yeah. uh, but no, I mean I don't know if there's any any folks out there that have questions or suggestions. Uh, but you know, I would have hoped that my first year would have gone a little better. I'm in an awesome situation now. But if I I feel that with me trying to just stay under the radar as much as possible, shake as many hands, talk to as many pop people, I probably wouldn't be here, you know, where I'm at now. Um, so I definitely I want to send out, I guess, words of encouragement to say, look, you know, trucking, it can be a very good job. But you got to, I guess, just have certain rules that you're going to follow, certain things that you're going to do. Make sure you're safe, you're comfortable, you got a backup plan, people to talk to, people to vent. Um, but, yeah. That, that's like very, kinda, right, well, oh, hang on, right there, what you said, that that right there, ha- having the proper people to talk to and having the proper people to vent to is de- definitely a, a must, an absolute must. You know, um you know, a good network. I mean, you know, of course, people can come on and, uh, you know, ask questions on our Facebook page. You know, and, of course, you can press one and ask a question on the show. Um, but, yeah, having a good uh, – some people who have been around the block, so to speak, uh, yeah, that's uh, de- definitely, a, you know, a good key to surviving out here. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry I interrupted you. That just triggered a thought, so – Oh no, that's exactly my point. Is you know I don't know if any anybody else has gone through the same situations or we had anybody that wanted to chime in, but you know I'm just sharing. You know I usually don't vent. I usually don't jump up or down and say why not me. You know it's not fair or any of that kind of mess. But I just I guess I'm sharing uh, truly how frustrated I felt and how stuck uh, it seemed. You know, like I was kind of confined in a box of, between a rock and a hard place. I didn't feel comfortable to say, look, you know, enough's enough and something's going to change. Um, and, I mean, after I, I started nearing my six months, um, so I didn't have a, a whole bunch of jumps and skips in my employment record, I became a little bit more aggressive and saying, look, you know, I really don't care about the retention bonus anymore. I mean, every time the bonus comes around and it's going to pay out the week before that, I don't get any miles. Uh, I said, uh, it might be that that's just a, a happenstance, but I can show you all of my paycheck stubs, all the miles. It started from, you know, I'd say after the first month, that's whenever I started screenshotting uh, a lot of things, taking pictures of it. Um, and I was like, you know, something's got to give. You know, I got to be able to. I got to be able to live. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah, that uh, uh, that CYA um, is uh, 
definitely another key thing here. You know, cover your butt. Um, you know, uh, definitely screenshot everything, back up everything you're talking about, you know, having to prove that, uh, you know, being late wasn't your fault. Um, I, and there was some late loads that I had, but it got to the point where, you know, I was Johnny on the spot. You know, I had got to the point where whether I had a load or not, I was waking up in four hours. I mean, um, and I'm not... I'm not uh, an ab- I, I'm not advocating folks to not sweep out your trailers, not do a pre-trip, uh, run a trailer that's got you know uh, a bad tire on it. Uh, I'm I'm saying, look, do your due diligence. You know, learn what you're supposed to learn. Do everything that you, that, that you could do to be a professional driver. You know. Um, look at Google Maps on a satellite view and figure out how to get in and out of those shippers and receivers. Um, look at your route, your route planning. Estimate on 50 miles an hour, not 60. Um, you know, if it's if you know that you're going into a high traffic area or a place that you've never been before, and start now, and it's going to be 90% of the time you've never been there before. Try to be there an hour early. I mean, I I was trying to do those things to eliminate any any potential hiccups. Um, so, oh, absolutely, I, yeah. I, I mean, I do. Uh, well, I do most of that. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I I tend to run in the same areas, so I don't um, I don't look at Google Maps very much. Every now and then, I will. Um, usually, uh, especially if I want to try to spend the night at my customer for some reason. If it's one of those things where, you know. Uh, you know if I stop here, you know, then I got to get up at, you know, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., you know, let's see if I can go and, you know, uh, park at the customer, which there, there's a lot of the places that I go that I can do that. Uh, you know, I'll slip up to the customer and I'll back my trailer uh, up against the dock or pull up to their gate and, you know, in a in a good, safe neighborhood, something like that. And um, they come out and they pound on my truck when they get there. And uh, you know, I'll pull forward, open the doors, and uh, and get freight offloaded. So, uh, but yeah, definitely cut. You know, cover your butt out here. Document. Uh, sit down and talk to. Uh, uh, go to the liars counter, as I like to call it. You know, if you uh, go in here and have a meal, uh, sit down and talk to some veteran drivers. Uh, find some ones uh, from the company you're with. Find some owner operators. Uh, kind of get everybody's opinion. Um, you know, I, I may not agree with what you have to say, but you know, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what your point of view is on uh, how to play the game out here. You know, it takes uh, it probably takes really about a year to really learn how to play the game, especially with uh, you know new companies and you know you're you're a little uh, uh, timid about. Uh, taking on dispatch, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> takes a little time to kind of figure out what you can get away with and what you can't. And you know, like I said, you know, always go in there and you know, be polite. Yelling, screaming, cussing, and carrying on does not help. I promise it doesn't. Um, but you know, nice, polite, and hey, let's take care of business, and if you have to, you know, challenge them on stuff, going, hey, this is uh, this is unsafe, this is, um, 
whatever the situation is, uh, for some reason uh, this isn't going to work, and you know what can we do to make the situation work? Uh, how are we on time, Alyssa? We got about eight minutes left. Ah, we got about eight minutes left. Okay. So you guys have All hit right. on everything that we discussed prior to the show. The only thing we didn't really talk about was uh, what to do to to be prepared before you go into your first year as a truck driver. Okay. Wow. Um. <laughs> uh, is that me or is yeah. that us? Yeah, well, I don't know. You know what? I think we can both kind of take this. You uh, you know what? He hit on that kind of a – he hit on that a little bit. Um, You know, trying to get rid of – you know, like you said, try to get rid of some bills out of here because – uh, you know, when you first start driving, uh, you're not going to be at, you know, I, I don't know what the what the average rate is now for a starting company driver. I think it's 34, 36 cents a mile. When I started, it was a quarter. Um, but, don't make yeah, me cry, uh, try Ron. to get rid of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matter of fact, um, if if I remember correctly, Becky made like forty thousand her first year, and I think she, I remember if she started a quarter or twenty nine somewhere in there. She started riding that, that neck of the woods somewhere too. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you know, like I said, go sit down and talk to some people, find out what it's really like out. Uh, you know, um, try uh, try to cook in the truck. You know, we we did that cooking in the uh, truck show here. What uh, two or three episodes ago, um, I gave some real good ideas on uh, you know buying some uh, uh, some stuff, some plumbing stuff that you can cook in the truck with that works that works extremely well. That'll save you a ton of money um, as far as um, uh, you know being out here on the road for your first year. Um, what you got, Stephen? Uh, <laughs> You're you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, I would say always be open-minded. Um, you know, it's a, a an old saying. You know, you've got two ears and one mouth. There might be a reason for it. You know, shut your mouth and use both ears. That's the reason why you got two of them. You should use it twice as much. Um, you know, I Amen. had the, the advantage <laughs> the advantage of of uh, having a a trainer, you know, work with me, make sure that everything was good. I was doing everything to the company standards. And they they said, hey, you know, I forget what they were. Well, I remember. It's, I'll go ahead and tell you. Backing in, they want to make sure that you can back, you can couple, you can do certain things, tasks, within so many days of being employed. So they said, look, you know, you're coming at this angle, and, you know, what what are some of the things that you've been doing in the past? They look at your employment history, and I said, you know, I would say the majority of the time I was bumping docks as a hostler, and most of the time my tandems were to the rear, so I'm not used to tandems all the way forward. She said, well, that's exactly what you need to practice, slide them all the way forward. And I was like, oh, shit. So I'm sorry for cussing, but, I mean, that's exactly what I thought. So I've got to go around, make a loop, and back in. And she said, think of it this way. You go to the Pizza Hut or Pizza Inn, you've got pizza slices and you got breadsticks. You want to be a breadstick whenever you're going in that hole. You want to be lined up like a stack of breadsticks. 
you know, whenever you go in, if you're at an angle and you're wedging it in there like a pizza slice, it's not going to work. You've got too much swing, and you're going to hit something left or right. And whenever she started uh, that conversation, you know, can I can I give you? She said, you know, I can. What was it? Here, I can get. I can share some tricks with you. First thing out of my mouth was, is I'm listening. You've got my attention. And regardless of whether I liked it or not, or agreed with it, I opened up those doors for something that could potentially help me. As soon as you start thinking I've got this, and you become overconfident, you start making mistakes. Um. If if backing is is an issue and a trouble, then hey, if you're not getting a bunch of miles, then practice in a truck stop parking lot. You know, there's going to be times that it's busy. There's going to be times that there's hardly anybody there, and you'll have the whole lot to yourself. You know, back into it. You know, if you're going to a customer and you don't have your next load, back into the hole, go around and do it again. Do it twice. Do it three times. Immediately do it one right after another. Back in, go around, make a loop, back in again. That way that that quick repetition will help and build confidence. Um, Heck, I don't know. I mean, and just stay true to the course. Shake hands. Be good to your customers. Sweep out to dang on trailers. Um, and know that it gets better, you know. Find those people that you can talk to and get advice and learn from. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you just brought up another thing when you said shake hands with the customers. Go on, you know, go in there and be polite. And I don't know, you know, I saw a driver the other day. I mean, he looked like he was homeless. No joke. I mean, when I go into a customer, uh, you know, I have a collared shirt on. Um, you know, I have clean clothes on. Um, I, well, we're going to cuss again. I don't smell like a goat's ass. Uh, you know, I go in there, uh, like I said, looking uh, looking good, looking professional, and uh, taking care of business. It looks like we only got a couple minutes left. Uh, Melissa, you want to tell them about the rest of the podcast and shut us out? or? Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, the, okay. um, yeah, it's been a great show tonight, guys. Thank you very much for having that conversation so everybody could hear. That was awesome. Uh, but uh, we've reached the end of the show, and I want you guys to go ahead and go listen to all the other podcasts on the network. Uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern is Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Biz- Beckett. Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern is uh, Trucking with Authority with host Kenny Long. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern is Rates and Lanes with Regal Muhammad. And Wednesday afternoons at 1 p.m. is Destination Health with uh, Kevin Rutherford and Kim Cockerham. So go check those shows out. they got a lot of good information, great opportunities to learn. And hopefully you will come back next week and listen to our next show next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks, everybody. Good night.